Welcome to Salcedo Paranormal. It is Monday, November 14th, 2022. And tonight, I'll be covering paranormal news. As always, you can find all the episodes of the show, along with links to social media and ways to contact me at the podcast page, which is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O, paranormal podbean.com Always happy to hear from you all whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or if you have stories of paranormal experiences whether they're your own or from others that you trust happy to either read those or have you on the show to talk about them with me and um, so the plan for the rest of the week is more true paranormal stories from the web tomorrow another episode of um comic books and the paranormal on wednesday with derek and then more uh paranormal news on thursday so that is the plan for the rest of the week and um of course all links are in the stream chat text channel here uh for y'all to check out and they will be included in the episode descriptions on the youtube and podcast feeds because um i only talk about certain points within all the articles, so definitely recommend that you check those out and uh, read them for yourselves. So, um, this first one here that I found is um, really pretty neat because it points out something I hadn't heard of before. This is from, uh, actually it's from foxnews.com, uh, and it's, the title is, oops, way down in the file. Um, the title is A Look at Some Horror Movies Based on or Inspired by A True Story to Watch During Halloween Weekend. And of course, this is from uh, a couple weeks ago or so. And um, it does mention a couple of movies here that I was already familiar with being somewhat slightly, very loosely based on real events. A couple of these movies in this list, like Zodiac... Uh, I think Scream, um, they're based on more um, true crime stuff. but um, And then it has things like uh, the Amityville Horror, The Conjuring, um, Annabelle. Um, but the one movie I didn't know was based on, or had some kind of basis in reality, was uh, Poltergeist, the first one. Of course, a lot of people have probably heard about the... the, the uh, the curse and or paranormal activity that came with the movie and after the movie was made. But I hadn't heard of that there was actually a family that um, this movie was inspired by. Uh, there was this, this uh, house. Uh, was the, the last name of the family there was Herman. H-E-R-R-M-A-N-N. So just slightly different spelling on that name. Um, and so, this story goes back to 1958, and, uh, and, and around that time, the husband, his first name is actually James, uh, got a call from his wife, uh, Lucille, telling him that she was hearing popping sounds coming from different rooms and found uncorked bottles in those rooms, says. 
Um, and of course, at first, the James, the husband, uh, dismissed these claims. Uh, figured it was was basically very skeptical. But then it happened again, uh, three more times. And he also saw objects moving around in the bat the bathroom, without anyone touching them. So, um, let's see here. So it's uh, the one thing that is different from the the original story to the movie is that the um, the real house was not um, built on ancient burial grounds, and uh, it also didn't have a long history of residence. It was basically brand new, and um, so it's just a the differences from the, the movies to the actual events that kind of somewhat inspired them. And this article goes into other um, events as well that somewhat inspired movies. So, um, just a... should be an interesting read if you want to check out the article and uh, look through all of these because there's several movies, movies that they mention, including some going back to the 1960s, 1970s. So, um, so yeah, neat, neat article there I wanted to share because, um, these, I think there is something to be said for connections between our fiction and then our reality in terms of, um, just paranormal activity and how it can inspire fiction and, um, and then how that fiction can inspire people and even lead people to look into these things, the real things that happen. So it's a, it's a neat um, back and forth there. Despite the whole um, the whole trope or the whole uh, image that Hollywood does project about the paranormal, which is that it's it's all negative. There's there's that that's definitely there um, from Hollywood and from TV and movies and things because that sells more, um, according to them. So, anyway, so that was the first article. And uh, let's see here. So this next one is from businessinsider.com. And the title is, I work, in, I work in insurance by day and hunt ghosts by night. People think it must be scary, but... Investigating the paranormal isn't always what you see on TV. And I do like this article just for that alone. Um, so this, let's see here. The, they have some bullet points here. It says that the author, uh, last name is Conjure? I'm, sorry, I'm not sure. Is a, a 35-year-old paranormal investigator in Denver, Colorado. Uh, she does private and public investigations. Uh, and she also uses those to teach people how to um, to use equipment to uh, detect anything that seems strange, paranormal activity. And also it says helps others to get closure. And the article says that she says the job isn't scary, it's about connection and communication. So... Um, 
I'm just going to read the section headings of this article here. I think those will be good enough to kind of summarize this. Uh, it says that um, the first one is here. It says, I keep my uh, heart and mind open to paranormal experiences, which I, th I do think is a good thing to do. Um, it says, People often call us when they feel a weird presence in their home, um, which that is part of what I think has led to the whole, the whole field of uh, paranormal investigation. Uh, it says, uh, we hold public investigations at businesses and museums. And I've been to a couple of these kinds of events. Um, as I've said before, I, I, think I, I think I've talked about this in the show. I went to a couple of uh, public uh, paranormal investigations at historic sites here in Michigan where they were events that were held and you bought tickets. But all the money from those tickets went to the upkeep and restoration of these sites. And um, they're really neat events, even if it was just to see the locations. But there were a few things, weird things here and there that did happen. So I would definitely recommend um, doing that if possible. Just as long as you check into, as much as possible, check into the group that you're, you're looking to, to go with. Make sure they seem like they're in it for the right reasons to help people, whether it's people living or other beings that are in the locations. Um, and so long as those things are in order and it seems like they're, the people that are investigating are also um, positive overall, they're not instigating or being, being uh, disrespectful towards anyone, really. Um, I would definitely recommend it. That's basically all I'd say on that. Uh, it says, we have people sign waivers to protect the business and and protect us. I think that's going to be more and more of a thing. Um, and I don't blame them for that, really. And it says, I think we provide a really important service to people. And I would agree with that. And... Uh, this is a neat one. It says, my biggest tool is my intuition. So, and I think that's, uh, that's something that everyone uh, would benefit from, from and probably does benefit from, even if they don't know it. Uh, so, um, and they mentioned here that the tropes of, of TV shows that, where there are investigators that are on these TV shows and um, how a lot of that is just TV. So, and of course, it's a lot more extreme on TV than it is in real life. They say in a lot of cases, a lot of investigations, it's just people, you're just sitting there or standing there and um, taking readings and talking to whoever might be there, but you might not get a response. So, um, neat article just for all those reasons and uh, wanted to share that. So, let's see here. I'm seeing something about video, but I think that's just an icon. All right. Um, so, yeah, neat article there as well. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so, let's move on to the next one. This one we've talked about before in, in an entire show. Um, it wasn't... I feel like I didn't do the best on that one, but 
uh, this is something we talked about, and that is um, this is from spectrumlocalnews.com, and this says how thunderstorms can affect paranormal activity. And um, this is neat because I do think this is possible. Has some um, has some bullet points here. I'll just go through. It says paranormal beings need energy to manifest, according to paranormal investigators. It says they can appear in many ways. We, we we've heard this before. And then it mentions lightning can help provide the energy needed for paranormal beings to appear. Um, and I do think that's the case, and I think there's, um, I always wonder about lightning and how the energy flow might be used by these beings that don't have physical bodies, but then again, energy, they they are made of energy, and especially if they've adjusted to being in that form, who knows what they can do and how they can travel around, um, around using storms, lightning, lightning. So, let's see here. Um, so, yeah, it just goes into a little more detail on that. Um, talks about investigators, and uh, there's one in this article, last name of Welsh, I believe, that they talk with, and uh, he says that they're, they can um, appear in four different ways. It says visual or full-body apparitions. Uh, sounds, um, smells, and then cold spots. I've heard of cold spots, and I've heard of um, hot spots as well, even though that's not as widely reported. And um, so neat, neat article there about um, how these storms can maybe lead to more activity. Uh, so I wanted to share that because of that we covered that before. so. And uh, I have two more articles here to share tonight about a couple of places that are said to be, to be, um, have paranormal, paranormal activity. This one, this next one is from kctv5.com and the title is Haunted History Inside the Harris Kearney House in Westport and this is um, in Missouri, says uh, that there is a home inside. Uh, I'm guessing Westport that um, is being. So apparently, it was a former home. I don't think it is a home anymore. And if it is, it's not. It's open at least at some points to the public. But um, says that. During uh, the Halloween season, paranormal, paranormal investigators booked tours of this house to try to get um, to record paranormal activity, and uh, it goes over. Let's see here. So this is apparently uh, Kansas. Oh, so this is Kansas City, I guess. It's the oldest brick home um, in the area. And uh, just talks about how the reports. Oh, so it was built apparently in 1855 by Colonel John and Henrietta Harris, and it later became the home of Colonel Charles Kearney, 
who had married into the family. So that's how the house is. Two different names, but it's within the family still. And um, it was apparently known at the time as the mansion house. The uh, the bricks that were, were used to to make the place were actually made on the on site. Uh, of course, it was um, made by it says African American slaves, which is not wonderful. Um, and originally, it says the house stood on five acres of land at the southwest corner of the intersection of a couple of streets there. I won't really give the names, but uh, and it says the place was later moved. Oh, okay. So I could probably either way. Anyway, it says it was moved in 1922 uh, and uh, to another location. Um, so, and apparently now it's uh, let's see here. Um, Connected to a local historical society. And, uh, let's see here. Just looking up this more. Apparently, um, there are reports there of paranormal activity, it says, of course. And the stories include reports of moving mannequins, a piano that plays on its own, orbs appearing on the staircase, a mysterious white mist. And then um, once in a while, an apparition of a woman in a dress. So, some neat sightings there. And um, they talk about the whole paranormal tourism thing and how that can work. So, neat article there. Um, Not super long, but still always fun to hear about these places that I haven't heard of before. So, definitely recommend checking it out. And... um, this last one is uh is from let's see here fox29.com and the title is what lies beneath the world of politics explore the haunted halls of congress and um so this is reports of paranormal activity in Washington DC in the capital and um so, according to, uh, says that, um, according to some people that work there, some say they can still hear a custodian, uh, who passed away scrubbing the floors there late at night. Others say they, they feel like they've heard the, uh, late, one of the, the senators there, um, Penrose from Pennsylvania. Um, sitting in a rocking chair, reading bills late at night. I wonder if they mean they hear his voice talking or just the rocking chair. But, um, or if there even is a rocking chair there. So it says, um, the military changed the U.S. Capitol building into a field hospital during, or for Union soldiers during the Civil War. And so it said that some have reported seeing apparitions of these soldiers walk, moving around the building um, apparently to this day. That one I had not heard of. Um, so that's really uh, amazing in a way. So let's see here. Apparitions have been seen 
um, shadows. Uh, so yeah, neat article there. Just uh, <coughs> excuse me. And of course, there's um, probably the most well-known story about the Capitol is this apparition of a uh, um, what they call a demon cat. I'm guessing just because of the size. And of course, it's said to appear before national emergencies. Um, and it says the uh, the cat's footprints. I wonder how this is possible. It says the footprints are apparently visible in the Senate wing, but um, but yeah, it's really weird. I wonder how that works because if it's a solid floor, how is it leaving? But Anyway, um, so neat story there, and uh, so that's how we're going to end the show tonight. So um, thank you all for listening, and uh, like I said, I always recommend you all check out the articles for yourselves, and uh, go from there. So thank you all again, and I will talk to you all tomorrow night on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal.